Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 88, recorded Monday, July 4th, 2022. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Well, hello again, everyone. And thank you for tuning in to this 4th of July episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Cinturpino. Now, I debated whether I would hold off recording for a day or so in observation of the holiday, but decided to keep on schedule with this episode. We are very busy here at the shop, and we're going to be starting another open water class tomorrow night. So, I thought I'd take advantage of the day off and record the show. And a few days ago, Donna and I headed up to Cape Cod for our nephew's wedding. We stayed in Hyannis, and the wedding was on the beach in Dennis. It had really been a long time since I was last on the Cape. It certainly has a rich history and its own uniqueness. We had a great time catching up with family. Over the past weekend, we also had a little picnic here at the shop for our staff after we closed up on Saturday. We started this last year and decided it was fun to get together. The weather last year was very dark and stormy. This year, we had some better weather, although there was a short, very heavy downpour. Fortunately, we were sheltered in the shop's bay. Now, on today's show, I want to pick up on my environmental theme a bit and talk about an article that I read from Australia about the 10 worst single-use plastics from down under. I don't think you'll be surprised, but it's always good to think about ways we can avoid some of these plastic polluters. But first, let's cover some news and information updates with Wet Notes. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, July 4th, 2022. Well, it is July. And that means it is time again for Plastic-Free July. So what is Plastic-Free July? Well, it is a global movement that was started by Rebecca Prince-Ruiz in Western Australia, way back in 2011. Now, after six years, the movement morphed into the Plastic-Free Foundation, and they continue the work of Plastic-Free July. Now, just how can you participate in Plastic-Free July? It's pretty simple. You can choose to refuse single-use plastic. You can start simple by refusing one item, something like a straw or plastic water bottle. It's up to you. Later in the show, I'm going to dive a little deeper into the biggest single-use plastic polluters. You can find out more about Plastic Free July and the Plastic Free Foundation on their website, plasticfreejuly.org. Every little action helps. Now, back in episode 74 of Scuba Shack Radio, I did a segment on Your Next Dive where I took you to the Blue Heron Bridge. It is an absolutely amazing place for a shore dive down in Riviera Beach, Florida. 
Well, here's another opportunity to learn more about the fish life that you can encounter if you dive the Blue Heron Bridge. On Tuesday, July 19th, the Reef Environmental Education Foundation, or REEF, is having another one of their fishing titled Adventures Under the Blue Heron Bridge. The fishing starts at 8 p.m. Eastern and is being led by Stacy Henderson. Now, you don't have to be a scuba diver to experience Blue Heron. The depths make it an excellent place for snorkeling as well. The diversity and unique species make this one incredible snorkel or dive site. Time it just right, and you can easily get a 90-minute dive in. Mark your calendars and then register for Adventures Under the Blue Heron Bridge on the Reef website. Remember, it's Tuesday, July 19th. We all know that the invasive lionfish in the tropical western Atlantic and Caribbean are causing a great deal of damage. I can't really say for sure if their eradication efforts are making a difference. I'd like to hope so. Now, there are many ways that people are trying to find incentives for harvesting the lionfish. From derbies to cookbooks, efforts continue. Well, here's another interesting endeavor. Three avid scuba diving friends have created a company that they named Inversa with the mission of turning lionfish skin into leather. Yes, you can buy a wallet, purse, or even a pair of sneakers made from lionfish leather. Inversa claims that each hide they process saves up to 70,000 native reef fish. They have teamed up with P448, an Italian footwear brand, to produce the sneakers and partnered with Teton Leather Company out of eastern Idaho to create wallets, clutches, and watch straps. You can learn more about Inversa on their website or check out Lionfish Collection at Teton Leather Company. Who knew you could make leather out of lionfish? Back in February, I told you about the great shark snapshot of 2022. Well, it's right around the corner. The great shark snapshot is being held for one week starting July 24th and running through July 31st. It is being sponsored by the Shark Trust out of the UK. And they're asking that divers record all the sightings of sharks, skates, and rays that they see during that week. The recordings will be in the Shark Trust database, something they call the Shark Log. Now, this is the 25th anniversary of the Great Shark Snapshot, and the database that they've been developing over the years is, is assisting shark scientists to build a better picture of the species distribution and the changes over time. The Shark Trust website also has a map that you can look at if you're interested in finding places that are sponsoring events during the week. It looks like there are some in the Bahamas. That's a great place for spotting sharks. And the aggressor fleet looks like they're also supporting the efforts. Unfortunately, I didn't see any events up here in the Northeast, but I know there are plenty of sharks up here as well. Now, you have heard me talk about Paddy Club here on the podcast before. And last year, I had Andy Leisner, who's the chief consumer officer for Paddy, on the show, and he told us a little bit more about Paddy Club. He talked about some of the plans for this year, and now one of those benefits has come to fruition. 
Paddy Club is sponsoring a trip to the Florida Keys that is exclusively for Paddy Club members. The trip is happening September 3rd through the 9th, and it's pretty interesting how they structured the trip. You'll start off in Key Largo on the 3rd, and you'll stay there through the 5th. Then you'll move to Isle Morada on September 5th through the 7th, and end up in Key West on the 7th through the 9th. Now you're going to get three full days of diving, and that'll be up to four dives on those days, and then you'll get two half days of diving, and those are on the days that you move from one location to the other. The trip has 60 spots open and is on a first-come, first-served basis. The price was still TBD on their website. Hopefully that'll be available soon. Now this is a pretty cool benefit for Paddy Club members. Now, we're very big proponents of the program as it has a lot to offer our paddy divers. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I was recently on Cape Cod in Massachusetts, so I thought I'd end with a story out of the Cape. According to an article on wicketlocal.com, if you're from the Boston area, you'll certainly recognize the term wicket. And that was that the North Atlantic right whales are staying in Cape Cod Bay longer than in the past. And it was a study conducted by the New England Aquarium over the decades, and they found that these right whales are most active 18 days later in the year. So why is this a problem? Well, there are concerns that the longer the whales stay, there will be more conflicts with boaters and lobster fishing. Now, the state can extend fishing closures and impose small boat speed restrictions, but that comes at a cost as well. Climate change may be the cause for the longer stays. Seems that it's taking longer for the whale's food to develop in the Gulf of Maine, and that makes Cape Cod Bay sort of a waiting room for the whales, even though the food in the bay isn't quite as good as it is up in Maine. The North Atlantic right whale continues to be a critically endangered species with a total population of only around 336, and only 131 of the females are capable of having calves. We'll continue to provide updates on the whales down the line. Well, that's it for this edition of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. We are four days into plastic-free July. I'm sure there's a great deal of single-use plastic being used today in the United States with the 4th of July picnics and parties. But I thought I'd expand a little bit on single-use plastic and talk about some of the biggest contributors to this global problem. Since plastic-free July started on Australia, I want to talk about an article that I read coming from the World Wildlife Fund Australia that detailed the 10 worst single-use plastics out there and offered some options to avoid. Remember, plastic-free July, maybe you could pick just one item to eliminate. Single-use plastic accounts for 40% of all the plastic created. Now that's a big problem. Let's start with number one on their list, plastic straws. The number of plastic straws produced is staggering. These straws are easily blown around or get into waterways. We've probably all seen the picture of the turtle with the straw lodged in its nostril. Sad. Why can't we just not use the straws? 
I know last week when Don and I were headed to the Cape and we stopped for dinner, we both opted not to use a straw. I avoid them at all costs. There are alternatives like paper straws, pasta straws, and even rice straws. Some people even use metal reusable straws. For me, I just say no. Next on their list is plastic drink stirrers. You know, those little plastic sticks that are used to stir your cocktail. They get all over the place. They listed several options and alternatives. For me, I just drink my bourbon neat or have a beer. No need for a little plastic drink stirrer. Or perhaps you can just tell your bartender you'd rather it be shaken, not stirred. Coming in at third place is plastic balloons and balloon sticks. These guys travel far and filled with helium, they come down wherever they want to, in trees, storm drains, and eventually into the ocean. I'm not sure how many people will take them up on their alternative of using plastic lanterns. The plastic balloons just become litter. Maybe it's time to outlaw those guys as well. Plastic cotton buds or Q-tips are number four on the list. They quoted a statistic that the average person uses about 415 Q-tips per year. I found that to be a big number. Not sure if that was just in Australia. When the cotton dissolves, all that's left is the plastic stick. So, if you need to use that many Q-tips per year, there are alternatives. There are a lot of eco-friendly cotton buds on the market, and you can even get a reusable version. Number five and six on the list are coffee cups and lids. This is a tough one. I like grabbing my coffee from the convenience store or donut shop like Dunkin'. It would be really hard to say no to a lid. One of the casualties of the pandemic was the use of single of reusable cups. I'm not sure if they started that up again. Let's hope it comes back soon. I know that when I was still working in the corporate world, I would use my reusable Yeti mug and it was a little thing, but I felt like I was making a little bit of a difference. Plastic cutlery is number seven on the list of the single worst use pl- uh, plastic polluters out there. I think it is one of the worst ones, ranking close to straws. There is just so much waste here. They package up the knife, fork, and spoon in a pouch, and you might only need the fork. The rest goes directly in the trash. Sometimes when I order a toasted bagel to go with cream cheese, they throw in a plastic knife in the bag. I don't need the knife. I don't want the knife. It gets tossed. Perhaps I should be saving the plastic knives and not allowing them to become part of the problem. But then, what would I do with all those knives? There are alternatives out there, but it will take a long time for them to make it into the mainstream of our takeout culture. Number eight is plastic cups. These are different from the coffee cups and lids. These are those plastic cups that you use for fountain drinks or frozen drinks. You know what I'm talking about. The ones that that you jam the plastic straw into. Now, according to the World Wildlife Fund article, about 500 billion plastic cups are disposed of each year. They say if you place them end to end, you'd go around the world 1,360 times. How many of these things are you seeing along the roadside or on the beach? Time for some new solutions. In keeping with our takeout culture, plastic food containers that you use once come in number nine. 
I've seen some options out there that appear to be paper-based, but the inside is lined with some sort of waxy material that makes them not really the best alternative. Maybe someday you'll be required to bring your own container for your takeout meal. That would be a lot like bringing your own reusable shopping bag to the grocery store, something we have, have to do here up in Connecticut. Wonder how that might go over. And finally, the number 10 item on their list of plas- is plastic plates. Once thrown away, they cannot be recycled. There are a number of alternatives out there, like natural fiber plates or disposable plates made from bamboo. The challenge is economic. These plates are expensive when compared to what we are paying for those plastic-coated paper plates. I guess you'll have to ask yourself if it's worth the investment. So there you have it, the 10 worst single-use plastic polluters, according to the World Wildlife Fund out of Australia. I'm sure there are other culprits, and it has become absolutely impossible to avoid. Maybe someday there will be cheaper, eco-friendly solutions, but until then, maybe you could pick just one item to avoid as we make our way through Plastic-Free July and beyond. Well, that wraps up episode 88 of Scooby Shack Radio here on July 4th, 2022. I hope you had a great holiday and are enjoying the summer. Once again, I want to thank you for listening, and I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with more. Until then, please stay safe and take care, everyone. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.